resume recording. I think I'm on. I have Chris. You're not going to believe this, folks. Chris Bauer is back on the show after 79 months. He's back. Returned from war, from a long campaign. A long campaign. In a land mysterious and distant. Against full up, of whatever is in upstate New York. Nothing. Mythical <laughs> beasts and creatures and wizards and sorcery. Yes, I am back. And we're, we're back. And, and you've been... Um, here, but it's good to be back. It's good to talk yeah. to you, my man. It almost, honestly, it doesn't feel like much time has really passed, even though I know a lot of time actually has passed. <laughs> um, oh, no, that was a few months. I did one episode recently in the middle of it just because mm-hmm. I wanted to start up again, but yeah, we're going to have yeah. other people on the show. I'll have other people on the show. But we well, have I have happen. some friends that actually are interested in uh, making it. All right, let's, we got to make so. it happen. People yeah, are interested yeah. in this. We got to get we some good. Yeah, we'll have some good stuff, some controversial stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, the stuff that makes life worth living, which is not always a unified echo chamber. In fact, a lot of it's the opposite. It's the challenges. It's the obstacles overcome. Yes. It's the growth through uncomfortable seasons. Um, That is something that, you know, look forward to uh, getting back to. At the same time, definitely looking forward to life in general, returning to a sense of normalcy, hopefully in the coming months, Um, you know, as I... Uh, we were just talking before we started really recording about the the COVID pandemic and the trajectory that we're on. Um, you know, I, I was briefly mentioning that I'm definitely thankful to both administrations. Yes, you heard me. I said it. Both administrations, mm-hmm. both the Trump and Biden administration, <clears throat> um, administrations for putting forth their resources to try to make this vaccine, which is indeed a medical miracle. The fact that the time. Or those operation warp speed or whatever it was yes. called, or light speed, um, you know, put away the political uh, identity and, and bickering for a second and just realize that what happened was truly amazing, truly, truly miraculous. And the fact that we can now sit here saying, yeah, we have thousands of tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of people being vaccinated every day throughout, you know, throughout the country. Um that's that's awesome and that's great and both administrations have parts to play instead of you know playing a blame game and pointing fingers i'm just gonna say thank you to both honestly uh and so i think hey, that's one a good way off to start. And the other one is making it happen i i got my shots right. i got both shots um before you all get pissed there's two reasons two comorbidities which i won't tell people about on on on, on a public thing but i'm okay but enough that Asthma is one of them. Okay, so um, between the two of them, I got a, I got my first shot, and then the second one uh, Monday of the Moderna vaccine. Mm. And uh, this is not going to be a COVID episode, so I don't want to get up, you know, because they're like, I'm tired of this. But I'll just say, when you get your shots, the first shot just hurt my arm for like two days, maybe three. And the second shot, and after apparently after a month from one shot of the of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines, the uh, messenger RNA vaccines, you're like, I don't know. It depends on who you talk to and what study, like 80 to 90% uh, protected. They just don't know how long it lasts. That's why they want to give you the booster because they're afraid that that would just kind of peter out in a couple months. Then you get the booster. And I mean, it was within five minutes. My body was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I, I instantly felt a reaction. The pain was first. 
Then I felt off, but I was okay to drive home. Um, went to Gillette Stadium, so it was kind of a distance. I uh, give my homage to TB12 there. And then, hey, uh, and then, go, but, baby. Yes, the Hall Not of Fame. Baby. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. He is absolutely the GOAT. There's no question. And then yesterday, we'll I was I was like sick. I had the chills. I had the world's worst headache. I had muscle aches. It felt like I, I had the, the flu. World, worst it was headache. World, it was bad. Like I took yeah. twelve Tylenol. I must have killed my my liver somehow. And then, just as fast as it came on this morning, disappeared. Like everything was normal again, except for the arm pain. So that's 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 your body saying, "Oh, I remember you. I got this." So um, when you can get your vaccine, I would say, please, you, uh, Chris, anybody, please get your vaccine because that's one less ping pong ball that can be hit and spread it to somebody else. Um, the New York variant came from Chris's house, by the way. <laughs> I actually created it in a Petri dish created. in my coffee mug. Yes, just, just like they did some, we don't want to talk about You know, that. heavy cream around, added some French roast and boom, COVID-20, <laughs> baby. COVID-20. <laughs> COVID-20. But uh, here, but here please first, keep safe so. out there. I know a number of people who've gotten sick. My uncle um, right now is in the ICU with COVID. Hi. I'm yeah. keeping him bud. He's, thank you. He's, uh, he's very sick from cancer, but um, so that lowered his immune system, obviously. But he's got the COVID. Right. And here's the thing that's kind of illustrative. He got it between vaccine shots. So mm. he was vaccinated. And he got it because people came to his house without masks, apparently. And he got COVID even though he had his first shot because he still wasn't completely immune. Mm-hmm. It, takes a, it takes a couple weeks, two to three weeks, up to four from the first shot to really have it be effective. Two weeks for the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. And then he got the second shot. So I think he's going to... Not because of the vaccines. He's a strong man, former police officer. He's really tough. Yeah, tough as yeah. nails guy. I think he's going to fight it. They gave him 24 hours to live um, three, four days ago. So through prayer and everything else, um, I, I think he's going to make it. But that is a caution, cautionary tale. Right. Um, right. I, I've heard of, honestly, things going both ways where people are like, oh, it's looking good. And then. People pass, yeah. but I've also heard yeah. a lot more stories. I'll be honest about that. Of people when they reach that threshold and get to the other side, they do make full recoveries. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll be praying for him, obviously, yeah. and and absolutely look forward to a good ending. Um, in this particular chapter, yes, and I, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping he'll fight through this, so it's not something else. And other people that didn't die of COVID, but. I can't, my aunt, my other aunt and uncle got it. They recovered. It's funny. Right. They're the most unhealthy people as far as like, they have so many, like some people have two comorbidities, comorbidities. <laughs> they have like mm-hmm. 75, each of them, triple bypass <laughs> surgeries, obesity, diabetes. Like they're old and God bless them. They're the nicest people I've, I've ever met. My aunt is a wonderful human being. I've never seen someone get so sick my life from things you know it's like it's like it's like peace some people are like that like the, some people in the appalachians you know they're just drinking bottles of whiskey every day uh, and somehow they're living to like 105 and you're like oh, i don't what? get it i don't get it and she and she and she got covid and like within five days she's like all right <laughs> i was just tired i'm like and, and her husband too who's yeah. just as like old and it's a many issues it's shocking right, um right. 
yet uh someone i know um went to visit her mother and uh her mother died of covid quickly it's just yeah yeah bizarre. i don't know if there's uh, a real rhyme or reason perhaps there will be uh variables that can be measured and metrics that can be formed to understand it as time goes on but as of right now i mean this is still like we're almost hitting a year it's a year anniversary yeah, it's just about a year point where cities and states are starting to hit um states of emergency I remember um, in two days from now, actually, was was a year anniversary where I was working at Everett High School, just north of Boston. And um, uh, I had a student come up to me early in the day asking, like, you know, hey, Mr. Bauer, do you think uh, we'll end up having to miss some time because of this this disease that's spreading on the West Coast? (laughs) Ah! And I laugh (laughs) like that because I, I, I laugh at myself. My inexperience in life was just, I, I could not fathom that what would happen would happen. Um, I think I told us, I was like, no, I, I, I mean, maybe a day or two. I think I said, Listen I thought maybe, maybe a, a, a day or two. two Who maybe. am I? Who am I? I didn't think day, a year later. Right. Well, that was funny because her mother worked for the mayor of Everett. So she worked in the town hall and she was privy to news regarding shutdowns and state um, mandates quicker than school administration was. So she literally yeah. came in the next block and was like, oh, Mr. Bauer, my mom, who works for the mayor, just said that they just basically decided that school is going to be closed for two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm like, really? Uh, nobody here has said that. The principal, no one, no one knew that news. I knew that news first via a student. It went so fast. It went so fast. Yeah, later fast. on that day, we got an email saying, honestly, it was, I think, it was it was our seventh block class out of nine blocks or something like that. Um, they uh they told us and they were like honestly we just want everyone to leave now, like now, yeah, like just go. Like buses are here. Uh, <laughs> this is before masks or anything like that. So yeah, no, just yeah, like, hey, yeah, people, just yeah. round up and get out of here. It's, it was same thing um, in my office. I mean, I've been yeah. back since um to visit. And, and but... Let me tell you, I never walked in that building again. Yep, I never went back there. I never went back into that school. I never went back into my own room. Literally, I had a co-teacher uh, get my stuff at some point. Um, That's crazy. And, and he gave it to me when we met up in Boston later on in the summer. But, yeah, I never stepped foot into that room again from that day on. And uh, part of me would really like to um, maybe walk in the building at some point and just, I don't know, go in there again and just kind of. Come back reminisce. when you visit. We'll get you in. I know yeah. people. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll break in. We'll break in. We'll break in. My Boston bros. We'll yeah, get we'll get you back in. I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. This podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't do anything. I don't. NSA guy that's listening to me. His name is Harold, and he works in Hawaii. We didn't do anything. Right. Well, because hey, if you want to kidnap everyone. us and take us to Oahu, yeah, I'm, I'm totally all down okay for that. that. Harold, wanna, so Harold, you know, I'll, I'll detain me on the beach in Waikiki. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll come willingly, baby. Not <laughs> <laughs> to pull my strings. Um, yeah, Why? but yeah, I, it's, it's been a crazy year. And, and for us, uh, at the school that I work at now, um, upstate New York, I work with awesome, awesome teachers. They've, the administration is fantastic. We've had a hybrid platform since September. That's worked, um, so fantastically for, for the most part, honestly. Um, and, uh, we've been blessed to have our kids in the building a good deal, definitely a good deal more than other schools in our area have. And now we actually have kids every, every day. And so it's really mm-hmm. awesome to 
to effectuate the learning process with them physically because um, we take it for granted. We really do. I think all, all, so much of what we did in our daily routines, I think we took for granted. Um, but I'm really, I was amazed by how, how much the kids wanted to come back, how much the kids wanted to participate in sports and, and things like that. And we actually did, um, we were able to field some athletic teams this, this past uh, winter and hopefully in the spring, we have a football season coming up and um, it's just seeing the kids take advantage of every day of practice, especially like our swim team. Some of those athletes, I mean, they were just really, really inspiring in that sense because they, they, they attacked every day at practice not because they wanted to necessarily break records or, or win a title or something. I mean, they did want to do that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but just because they were so thankful to be at practice and, and to yeah. have a practice that they wanted to take advantage of every, every second of it. And so I thought that was, you know, one thing about schools that so many people forget that as teachers and instructors and mentors, there's so much we learn from the kids too. You know, they teach us so many lessons that maybe we had to relearn whether it's gratitude, thankfulness, innocence, you could go on and on. But, um, and so I think that that's a real, a plus that is, uh, often unheralded, but, um, I, I couldn't I mean, be it's a more social thankful. thing, right? I mean, my, Absolutely. my yeah, son man. has been in remote learning for a year. He's 11 and it sucks. And he's literally, <laughs> he's like falling apart mentally. Yes. Physically. He's like dying. You should hear, you should hear some people I work with guys. Can you please put your camera on cameras on? Cameras on. Yeah. Cameras on. In fact, yeah. one, my one one teacher I, uh, I'm often with, uh, Phil Shaw. He's a, a history global teacher. So shout out to you, Phil. I know you're listening right now, man. Love you, Phil. Um, love you, bud. <laughs> but I, I think he calculated today on on the one of the Google Meets how many times he says, "Please turn your camera on every class," and then he multiplied it by how many days you know of, of class we have a week, or how many classes we have in a day. Multiply by how many days you know we have class throughout the week, or how many weeks we've gone to school, and it was like over. 2,200 times he's probably had to say, hey, turn your cameras on. <laughs> and, of course, kids don't do it. You know, we always no, have the same no, kids who are don't. like, hey, you know, uh, I'm just, I have to go walk the dog. I'll be yeah. back conveniently a minute before class ends. Or, you know, sometimes they have a test to take, and all of a sudden we see certain kids, like, you know, getting through the test really quick. And we're like, wait, how did you do that? Because you yeah. don't have a parent or something helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, honestly, I think what it comes down to it is, Everyone does the best job they can do. We stress about things um, for about a solid five minutes, and then we let it go blow right past our, you know, over our shoulders because life's too short. And when things get back to normal, we'll get back to a a more normal routine, hopefully better, um, better, bigger, faster, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, like Drago training in the Russian labs. Bigger, better, um, faster. That's me right I will, there. I will break you. I will um, break you. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone does a really good job. I will break you. You have nothing to give. That I, I just pictured Dolph Lundgren looking down at Sylvester Stallone like he's like six foot five. And Sylvester Stallone's like five ten on a good day. I don't know. Sylvester <laughs> um, still's got it. We all still got it. Just yeah, be safe absolutely, out there, folks. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I got hey, my who vaccine. Won that fight? Rocky won that fight. Rocky won that fight. That's right. Rocky won that fight. And why? You know why? Because he a good wins. So yeah. all you people that like to court the devil, the devil makes a really good dance partner. I mean, the guy knows all the moves. He's like John Travolta. I'm not saying John Travolta. I'm just saying like <laughs> that character. I'm not saying that. I mean, uh, but the character on Saturday Night Fever, Grease, like just sexy. It's like he knows, like he knows the moves. <laughs> Devil's great, man. But at the end of the night, after you dance with him, he's gonna stab you in the eyes. 
sin will always take you somewhere you don't want to go. Yeah, Let's just be real. Um, I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Somehow I'm pure at something. Um, it's no cocaine. No, I don't. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never done cocaine. I've never done it. Um, I, I was talking to um, somebody uh, when I was like trying to date, uh, and uh, I was asking, they sounded well, I like said that when I was trying, to when date. I was attempting to date, which has been, uh, yeah, which in Boston is impossible. <laughs> oh man, but uh, it's not, it's not impossible. People go to Boston, you'll love it. It's crazy, yeah, yeah, it's, fantastic yeah it's fantastic. All I mean, I've met some really nice people, I have, I've met some really nice people, and um. Um, so you know, uh, this you I mean, know, the dating like, you can take a girl to the seaport. Oh man, I, I did it. Yeah, I mean, this there's some um, the seaport's quiet, quiet, silent right now, right. but no, it will come back when it gets warm. Oh, yeah, it's great. It was great Rocks last summer, yeah. outdoor yeah. everything, outdoor dining, outdoor drinking, mm. but uh, and, outdoor, and at, outdooring, outdoor, outdooring, outdoor everything. I'm just an outdoor just person, outdoor. I love to be out in the leaves and the trees and, and amongst the people, and uh, yeah. I love it. But uh, <laughs> and I've met some really nice some people some nice people. Well, that's, um, that's awesome because that that means you're in your element right now. You're a very creative person. I, I I've met many creative people in my life, but you're creative. You're creative AF, bro. I'm creative. I, well, I'm trying to be. I've had a lot of inertia, but I'm trying to do my best. But this person <laughs> that I ta- I spoke to was very creative. <laughs> I, I I just like I just. I, I got to give you a few like miniature like dating. Not, I didn't even meet these people, but like just conversations with people that are just like, just, it's just like batshit crazy. <laughs> it's like, like one person was like, well, you were, they had a, like a Southern accent, but they were from which like red flag. You're in it's, a these are red, we're going to title this called red. I'm writing this in the notes. Red flag. The episode stories. Of this, <laughs> the episode is red flag. Red, we have to do these like every week. Red flag stories. Okay. okay. And red flag. Right. This okay. one was like, well, I, um, so you work for the government? I said, yes. So you mean the illegitimate government since that wasn't legitimate since 1776? I said, what? Ay, I, caramba. Are you a member of a militia or something? Do I need to like report you? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just like, what are your politics? I said, well, I'm centrist. What exactly, what policy do you like, uh, think, agree with on the right and then on the left? They go, look, I'm not talking about any of this about you. I'm just not doing it. I go, you, you know, that was an absolute death trap. That was oh, like yeah, the yeah. Death Star uh, and Alderaan. Like, uh, hey, that was like, right. yeah, you're looking at the yeah. laser, like right in the face. That big thing's yeah. like, I was like, no, I'm not going there. I'm just not doing <laughs> like, it. Like, nah, I'm not, I'm out, I'm out. I'm <laughs> out. I got off the Alderaan, man, before that thing blew. But, but as I was those flying away, those are kind of the dates where, like, whatever drink you have in front of you, it doesn't matter. If it's an old fashioned in Manhattan, a Long Island, whatever, whatever cocktail finely made in the Seaport District that you are drinking, you just pound it and start, you just say, come at me. What do you? Awesome. What? What is what? I never made to a drink with this person. Thank God. But if I did, I, I would have ran away. Then I, I said, I, I said, you, you, this is some of my age, by the way. I said, well, you, you mm-hmm. sound like you, a parent. You sound like that. Like to have fun. And they, and they said, uh, well, yes, I like to have a lot of fun. I said, I said, <laughs> you say it like that. Just like that. Like, like they kind of slurred their words like they were drunk when they were talking to me. 
I like to have a lot of fun. I said, oh, oh, oh do you do drugs? <laughs> and there was a big pause. Um, Rhetorical question. <laughs> um, well, yeah, some shrooms and acid and pot and stuff. Cocaine, a little bit of cocaine. Like what stuff comes after those said, hard drugs? Uh, any like, like heroin? What are you gonna say? Any heroin? Like anything hard like that? <laughs> she goes. I inhale the sun. Well, literally the sun. Not, not injected. And uh, I just took a few beats to pause, like right this. I said, I'm, I'm gonna wish you the best of luck. I don't think this is a good match. Right. Why? Yeah. Because that can't be around illegal substances and actions. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did I wish to. Plus, like, some weird Bostonian with a southern act. Like you. Some, no, that's a that's a was, test. That was just that, that was, was a test. That was someone. I, I bet you that someone at someone where I work like testing me to see if I like was gonna do. Right. Okay. They, they devised that creature in a lab and was like, send it I don't know. I had like five of them in one day. I got another message. The first one was like, you're amazing, your work, your your pictures, great. And, and I didn't have a chance to respond. The next message was, well, clearly, now it's obvious to me that we have absolutely nothing in common, so I'm going to uh, end our, our talk. Like, now. absolutely, yeah, we don't. You're a Martian, I'm a human being. Yeah, what, like, what, yeah okay. Like, of course we don't. Uh, yeah, you're not it, a normal person. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're a Martian. I'm a human being. So clearly, we don't have anything to so talk go about. Go back to your quadrant of the solar what system, the ET. Thank you very much. And, and, and get away and, from the seaport. Get away. Get away. Our get seaport. away from my seat. Get away. And there was you another one they told me. <laughs> my name is, uh, I'll make up some names. My name is Carrie. But then they showed up on another thing as like Tegan. And then they showed up on another one. And, and the, they showed up another name. And I was like, well, what name is it? And then it was just a litany of stories about crazy men they had met. Well, this man told me that they were a church-going person and went to school every uh, church every Sunday, and um, and and were very nice to me. But then they wanted me to engage in polyamory. That's when you have like multiple lovers, which well, I don't know why I'm not surprised by that anymore. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not surprised by that. And we're gonna get that's the portion point of the show. Well, that's not the point of the show, but I was like, okay. And then another man like. And I said, yeah, I'm going to wish you the best of luck. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. Like, it's just, it's just crazy making. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest. Boston is a fantastic city. It is full of rich culture, Absolutely. history, tradition, and it's got a character unlike any other. Mm. But I will also say it is populated currently current days as in today with some of the most insane people <laughs> ever sometimes they're <laughs> there brilliant some crazy sometimes oh, they're brilliant them, a lot like, of them are brilliant but some of the most brilliant people in history have been absolutely insane in so many different ways um and and i will not describe absolute brilliance and greatness to everyone in boston but it is a magnet for very gifted people i will yes. be honest about that boston is awesome in so many ways um but there is some real <laughs> knee jerk like what just happened kind of moments that yeah awesome. oh oh my gosh um, like I, yeah. you know when you're brilliant uh when you're when you're gifted at something sometimes you're not gifted at the basic thing you know and, 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 I, dare even say, I do not times. want to be unfair and say like everybody i've met or talked to in my dating life has been like this that's absolutely not true 
I mean, I remained friends with a lot of people and I had some good experiences right. and, and there was a lot of good in there and a lot of fun and a lot of like, just like connection. And, and it's a lot of, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had like a bad date. Um, that's like, a, there's been a couple, there's been a couple pretty bad ones, but generally speaking, not these are like, this is all in the vetting process. And, and let's be real. I feel like when you go on a first date with someone, especially if you're using like a dating app or something where you haven't really gotten to know the person, but like if you, the first date, let's say you haven't really talked to that person that much or the, at a deep level, then you go on that first date. The first date is the, is the hardest one. Mm. It's the hardest one because both of you have your antenna up to sense and you're, you're incredibly um, sensitive to anything that you don't like. Like you have, it's like, it's like, you have to pass 10,000 tests on that first mm. date. But from there, it gets significantly easier oh, yeah. after yeah. that first day. That second day, honestly, I feel like everyone's so, like, you're just so much more relaxed. Just be yourself. Just relaxed. Be your, I mean, right, just right. be yourself. But that first, like, I mean, that first, like, conversation. Oh, so, uh, so what's your name again? Oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't mean, I, I know your name. Uh, <sighs> but you didn't inject the drugs. I just want to make that clear. There's no injection. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just like, huh? But but I do. No, I do inject. inject. I do inject, and that's why we're not compatible. Okay, so yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I injected in me recently was the COVID vaccine, and that's the way I'd like to keep it. Thank you very much. Yes, well, just be yourself. I don't know. Like, wow, this shit is not complicated. But boys, people make it really complicated. This yeah, person well, and that person did my experience. I mean, I'm part of that. I've been part of that because yeah. you, you know you should judge every person separately. But when you have a book of I don't know. I was going to say malfeasance, but that's not the word. Discontent or just whatever. Like, if you have a book where all the stories are like a tabloid, I mean, you think the next page is going to be a tabloid. So it kind of like gives you pause. But I've decided, nope. I I, I treat every single person. I, I follow Jesus on this one. I, I I trust in the Lord first. He's the agape love that I need, period. That's it. I mean, I love the love of everybody else, but that's the love I need. And two, I treat others as I'd want to be treated. I try to. I fail sometimes miserably, but I really try. Well, I, I, you just said it. something that I think is a perfect segue into something you wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, I kind of got us around there. You see that? That it, was pretty it, sexy. It was. Huh? And I don't I know. Yeah, that was smooth. Um, smooth. But I, I think, but, you know what, Paul, introduce the topic, and then we'll go from okay. there. Okay. So this all kind of like came right, to the point yeah. of the topic. Um. Because it's very interesting because people are flawed. Uh, all human beings are flawed. Everybody's a sinner in some in some way. And this is not like relig- religious doctrine podcast, by the way. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, there is a universal concept for our secular friends of good and bad. And, you know, uh, then there are leaders who should represent good like school teachers, like people in the government, like, uh, or try to anyway, like, like pastors, like pastors and people that represent uh, religions where the idea is to get closer to God and be less sinful. I mean, this is their purpose in life. They're calling their mission what they get paid, sometimes big, big money, big money to do yeah. is to guide people towards a more uh, or a less sinful life and get closer to God. 
Whether you believe in that or not, it doesn't matter. That's their job. And then they use that power. This is classic, the story of power. They use that power to go hog wild and just abuse it. Um, And because we have talked about churches and things before on this podcast, I thought wouldn't it be fascinating to talk about some failed ministries. Ministry can be the ministry or the person. And one that we're very close to and one we've talked about before as uh, a good example <laughs> sorry, of how to, um, well, teachings were good on how to, like, you know, learn about Christianity, which is, uh, Ra- excuse me if I butcher this, Rav- Ravi Zacharias. Yeah, yo, that's perfect. And, and the yeah. other one uh, <laughs> who I did a film on uh, and, and filmed and did uh, the launch program for Hillsong Boston, still one of the best things I think I've ever done. It like captured the moment. It was evangelical. It was like, wow, even if you didn't like church, you like this. If I, secular, like anti-religious people will watch this and go, oh, shit, that, that looks pretty good. Carl Lentz of Hillsong just dropped a big ass stink bomb on the whole church and <laughs> just, just made an absolute disaster of that place. And uh, both of them for similar reasons. Ravi was a rapist. Um, I'm not saying Carl was a rapist, but Ravi was a rapist, apparently. Right. Uh, if not just sexually and in whatever else ways, like highly mega inappropriate beyond just like, right. don't do that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess the Lord didn't like that a lot because the guy's dead now. So, that no, bad. Well, I mean, I... and then Carl, well, we'll yeah. get to Carl. <laughs> I just loaded, I loaded up Chris with a bunch to just. So what's up with these people? Why? Why? How so, can we trust a single priest or uh, pastor anywhere when it's just right. like abuse central? What's going on here? Well, I, I always believe that when we highlight and talk about evil, pain, and sorrow, we talk about them. We recognize them because we understand that there's an objective uh, framework by which to to recognize and measure them by, so that there is also good. Peace, happiness, joy. Um, and, and so we know that when we experience the bad side of things, we know that there is good. And um, I think when it comes to these two ministries, very different in essence and composition. Uh, RZIM, the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, was uh, the forefront of um, Christian apologetics. And so probably the largest ministry engaged in Christian apologetics and, and definitely I believe it, in my opinion, the, the most effective. I mean, they were so good. They went to all kinds of secular universities and colleges, campuses, and, and hosted these great lectures and, and uh, conversations between them and staff and, and the student bodies of these places where they would then just answer questions, raw, honest questions from from their audience, who typically were not believers. In fact, they prioritized the questions of non-believers over the questions of fellow believers because of the uh, their overarching goal is to translate and bring the gospel to a culture that is more increasingly godless um, or so ignorant just, of Just of so God. people don't understand, because so, I didn't know yeah. until I opened, went into the, the Christian world, a Christian apologetic is someone that tries to explain... Christianity to a non-believer in a way that they will they would understand. Right. You know? in, in, in a sense, they're 
missionaries, but in a yeah. very in, in a different way. They try to defend the faith, but they talk about the evidence for Christianity, whether historical, bi- biblical, extra biblical, um, logical. There's so many, you know, spiritual, emotional, all that evidence, and they try to convey it in a way that is both honoring Christ and going to meet the needs of those who, as Christians, we we believe need Jesus, who is everyone. You know, everyone we believe needs Jesus, and that we think that's a hardcore, solid, foundational truth. Um, and uh, we we come to find out, Rob. So Rabbi Zacharias passes away, I think, in April or May of last year. Uh, he died of cancer, and when he died, one of the things. Now he was very, very profound in my life because he was a huge influence of my in my spirituality in the sense that. He helped me be both a believer and an intellectual, someone who prioritized faith and reason, logic, uh, and melded it and married it all together as one. Like I think the gospel actually desires us to do. There's nowhere in scripture where it says, don't use logic and reason. And and, I mean, it's the opposite, (laughs) actually. Even doubting Thomas, Jesus said, no, look at the evidence. Look at my hands. Look at these scars. Mm. Believe Mm. on me. Believe on me. I love you. And you know, he didn't just say, ah, Thomas, well, you know, just you saw some things, blindly believe it. <laughs> that's not what he did. And so I don't believe that that's God's heart for, for people when he, you know, has these very, very incredible claims as to who he is, who we are, what we need, and how he can provide it. Um, you know, faith isn't blindly following. It's the, it's the evidence of things unseen. And so... Anyway, without going on too much of a tangent, um, mm. that apologetic ministry, and let's be honest, there were so many other people in that ministry besides Robbie Zacharias. That's true, yeah. That have done amazing things and are going to continue to do this amazing isn't a sl- things. This is not a slander piece on the high old ministry. No, not. It's really not. I don't want it to be a slander piece on any ministry, yeah. but rather let's reanalyze perhaps how we put our faith in Christianity. And, 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 are we truly putting our faith in the things that cannot be shaken? Which is actually one thing. There's not many things. It's just Jesus himself, God himself. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that cannot be shaken. That's imperishable, um, unblemished, perfect, and, and never failing. That's the only part of our faith that is truly the rock upon which, which we got to build on. And I think as humans, though, we know this. Um we don't always do the right thing in that sense. And a lot of times we build our faith upon smaller, lowercase r rocks, um, such as personalities, uh, you know, styles and stuff. Um, mm. and, and anyway, things that aren't actually solid, it's, they're, they're sinking sand. And, I, and so my experience with, with Hillsong Boston was in a sense a lot. Like I'm going to go hard on this ministry. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to I'm going to go hard on it. Right Which now. one are so, we talking? Uh, Rob, we're Rob, we're, we're talking. Hillsong. We're talking about both. But right now I'm going into Hillsong Boston because yeah. I don't have a real experience with RZAM as if like I went there or like attended okay, but a we, lecture. We I just, do have a um, experience at Hillsong Boston. I. That's how we met. That's how we. That's met. how we met. We met I still right. technically call them my church, although there's right. no church to go to right now. But so we have like firsthand yeah. knowledge. Right. And and I and I don't and it is not me critiquing and saying Hillsong Church is a rotten place and not, you know, gospel oriented. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that to me, 
Hillsong East Coast, Boston, when I went there, it felt like they prioritized a lot of Instagram-y, oh, yeah. uh, you know, youth, fashionable, um, clicky mm-hmm. groups, more like a social group where it felt it was really good at luring people into it. I don't want to say even luring as if it's like they have like a predatory nature. It's not luring that. It's not that. But, but it, it definitely attra- <laughs> it attracts you into the building. Yeah, I mean, it got um, me in. Um, yeah, no, it got like a yeah. lot of people. In it. And I'm not saying everything they did was bad. There was a lot of great time, a lot of great services I went to, a lot of great things I heard there. But I think on a more common, commonly experienced day, things felt often very shallow. It felt like a lot of the teachers and the leaders were theologically not very deep. Um, it felt like it was a lot of stuff that people wanted to just hear. Um, but I'm not entirely sure it was truly challenging or ingraining within the people there a deep abiding very deep rooted christian faith that was first of all rooted in um the biblical jesus uh and there were a lot of people that i met there that kind of showed some some bad sides of people (laughs) of the human side the dark side if you will the dark Um, side Yes, Palpatine, Sidious. Um, a lot of leaders were very <laughs> eager to get us to join certain groups, and then um, you found out that you were really only as useful to them as you were useful to them. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, you got to look at the leader there. So Carl Lentz was a leader of Hillsong East Coast. Uh for those of you who don't know, I got to give like the one paragraph explanation of what the heck we're talking about. Because a lot of people <laughs> outside of church world, they don't know what the hell Hillsong left. Right, so right. just, just, I don't think we ever talked about this in the show. We might have, but just very briefly, one paragraph version. Hillsong is a multinational evangelical church where their services are typically conducted in large venues that are like clubs or rock concerts. And this amazing music. I still think the music's amazing. Beautiful people making amazing music, and it's a big show. Yeah, and, and, a lot, and that's that's a great way to put it. Right. A lot of it felt like it was a great show. The show for for the purpose of finding seekers, people that want to kind of find a bigger power or something, and bring them into Jesus. That's like that's always been to me what Kill Song came off as and I think in Australia where it comes from, it's more of a church, 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 but like, yeah, yeah, but uh, right. like an actual, like we got roots here and all that, but out, outside of Australia, it's more like a seeker friendly, like come here. You, we, we, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from or what you've done or whatever you're going to show you the way. Church. Let's be honest. Yeah. It felt like a very millennial. Tony Robbins church. with a cross essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that because for me, Christ, uh, uh, like Catholic services, I couldn't stand. I love the Catholic Church people, not maybe the church itself, but you know, um, I, I was just bored. Like tr- traditional services, this all the like the pomp and circumstance. Like I just don't like it. But that's my personal preference. And so when I went right, to Hillsong, right. it was like this is awesome. But I'm still thinking it's church. Like it's supposed to be right. our church. Like we help the poor, and if someone has issues um, with their uh, they, they like mental illness issues, and they want some spiritual guidance, guidance, maybe get like a 
a healthcare worker to help them, that they can go to the pastor and and that everybody's equal and is all everybody serving Jesus and it's a Jesus forward church. It's a God forward church. But Carl, who was a great, he, he was really good. He could do some really, really good. Um, oh my God, I, I'm just blanked out speeches. What do you call them? Sermons. Yes. I call the speeches now because he's not a pastor anymore. Um, well, he's not a pastor at Hillsong. Did great sermons. They were great. It was like Tony Robbins, like, you know, and but he was all about image, about looking cool, about Justin Bieber. He was Justin Bieber's pastor and converted Justin. Yes. Haley and and like all the hot millennial like stars like Selena Gomez and this whole oh, and sports stars too, like Kevin Durant. Right. Like he was really right. like tied in with the celebrity culture. And they and trusted it seemed him. like that celebrity culture, it felt like people were always trying to become that, trying to live that. And that, well, that was the your highest problem. ideal. Right, it your exactly. Problem. And it, but it felt like that it didn't just extend to Carl Lentz. I, I, if it did, if it was only him, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now in the sense of talking about Hillsong, Boston, or East Coast. We would just be talking about, oh, yeah, that one guy that left or whatever. Yeah, or and he cheated out, on his wife many, many, many times. So that's finally what got him kicked out. But the, uh, and, and the analysis... <laughs> Just throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, well, he's just like, he was a flanderer, but I mean, yeah. people, I'm not even going to judge it. You know what? That's not even the worst thing. It's not. It's not. No, I believe what Robbie Zacharias actually did was, in a sense, worse. He but see, both people. are incredibly yeah. destructive and will not only ruin your testimony, they will shake the experience of younger, um, quite frankly, more immature believers um, who That's need to spiritually issue. grow. And not only that, but, but to the world. It kills a testimony. It that's kills. So, for the, example, that's Carl the Lentz, issue. Carl Lentz is not going to go down as being known for his great sermons. Like, no one's going to be looking up Carl Lentz sermons to no. get through a dark season of life. Get, too bad you know what I mean? But Robbie Zacharias, which that was a different story. He was kind of like foundation. You would say, look, read this. He, and you to can me, understand. he felt like a father figure when yeah. it came to spiritual things. And while I never knew the guy, he felt like such a role model of as to how to walk this walk with Jesus. And and when he passed, one thing that really honestly brought a lot of joy to my heart was that the unanimous response in the Christian world from all ends, whether it was a millennial churches like Hillsong or, you know, John Piper and the super Calvinist Strict guys, and I, that's that a little bit too. But you know what I'm saying? From from all the, the entire spectrum of like what the quote unquote Christian world, all hailed him as being such a great yeah. example, such a man of virtue, of character and mm. honor, and of uh, integrity, integrity. Oh, yeah. And that made mm. me happy because I mean, you know, I, and I'll be honest. While we know Jesus is the only one who met those standards and, and should fit that bill and is that solid rock. It is still nice to have some human heroes that, to look up to sure. some people that we saw living and breathing and shaking our hands and, and talking. I do that and, to you. You're, you're my hero. You're right. My hero. Well, you're my hero. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but you know what I'm saying? Like it feels good yeah. to see that well, you want to have like, part of it too. You want to have some success stories. It doesn't you always have some to success be... stories. You want you want to be able to rely on your lead, your pastoral leaders, right? Or your leaders in general, to. like your president like every, or whatever. Every biblical hero should be a David. You know, 
pregging up Bathsheba and killing her husband and being like, I'm the right? man of God's own heart. Like, I mean, yes, his story is beautiful. Though. I, David is, I love David, but I also don't want to make the same mistakes as he did. I don't want to follow leadership that makes the same mistakes as he did. The, the reason David's in the Bible, the reason the story of the Bible was told the way it was, <laughs> didn't David have like 72 wives or something? Or am I confusing that with somebody else? He didn't have 72. That may have, uh, I don't know who that could have been, but um, <laughs> it could have been like, different, maybe Genghis Khan. Um, but uh, but it's in there David for a did, reason. They're like well, illustrative no, stories. Have, he had multiple wives, and he had many children born by multiple wives, and that wasn't even necessarily reckoned to him as sin in those days. Um, but there were a lot of things Can he did do that was completely. <laughs> no, that is not me advocating for uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. polygamy or anything. No, like no, that. no, okay. no, <laughs> not definitely don't not. Get it, don't get it twisted. No, um, no. but uh, but. I guess the point is, and I think you can agree with me on this, is that the point is that while those tragically redemptive Bible hero stories are great, and in a sense, it does represent us all, because we are all sinful, we are all broken, we're all susceptible to falling. That's one thing I think I take out of this, too, is not only, you know, shame and sadness for all the victims of of men like Robbie Zacharias, but... There's a humbling there for me, realizing that if sin could ensnare him in that sense. Now, this is not to still uphold him on a pedestal as if he's a greater man, like a demigod or something. Right, right. Because he's not. He's not at all. But a man but dedicated it, to what he was dedicated to. Right, right. It, it, it humbles me in the sense that may pride never ensnare my heart to believe that I'm not capable of doing that much damage to you know, to, to not think that I need mm-hmm. Jesus constantly, yes. daily, minutely, if that's even a word, yes. but the concept is a concept. And so I, I invoke that, you know, I think to me, it's realized that, you know, I, it helps me think about how profound being saved by grace really is. You know, we've talked about, you and I have talked about it at mm-hmm. Panera Bread before and after services. We talked mm-hmm. about it just going out and having drinks. You know, we've, we've talked about it at the seaport, um, <laughs> but me and the seaport. It's friends. so hauntingly beautiful that we have a God that is willing to step down into darkness and bring his light and save people like you and me yeah. um, and, and people who do not deserve it. Uh, but at the same time, he desires to be, to change us, to transform us. You know, may we never do the things that bring so much damage to people. Cause I think of Robbie and his legacy a mere month ago was one of incredible valor, integrity, healing, um, boldness, and and now it's everything except that. It's so bad too because I thought this must have been overblown. You know, you always think like the accusations, they're bad, but it right. can't be, like it can't be as bad as Harvey. Like it can't. Right. And then right. they did a stud Harvey Weinstein. What a scumbug! Yeah, yeah. And then they did a, right. a stud like the the board of directors for. Ravi Zacharias Ministries did a did a study and analysis of what happened. Yeah, well, they hired a separate law firm, which law I, firm. I respect that to, to a third investigate. Party. Yes, absolutely. And um, the third party came out and basically said, like, yeah, it was, it was just as bad as it was even worse than you thought it was. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was basically. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And and I will give credit to. They're not going to be called RZIM much longer if we could even call them that now they came out with the his daughter came out with a response a couple days ago basically saying no they're going to rebrand but they're going to you know really let god guide them and see how that's going to happen what that's going to look like 
right now their focus is on restitution and restoration for the victims, which mm. to me shows that there is redemptive elements to this story. You know, there's ele- redemptive elements in this ministry that there are people who are, they, they understand, okay, the goal is not to just get back to business as usual. It's restitution and restoration for the victims, which that, that's, that shows the heart of Christ right there. Well, um, I mean, there's the, plenty of good people, in that, I'm sure, in that and, and of course, Hillsong. I, I dare but, say the majority of people of, of both institutions are probably very good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And very, you know, profound, good-natured people that have had the Holy Spirit and encounters with Christ that have changed their lives profoundly and made them incredibly awesome vessels to be used for His glory. Absolutely. I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. Just well, um, well, why do these people, why, like, I, even Carl, right. if you're listening, Carl. I ask this question. I sit here and just like, and we still love you, Carl. Just so you know. I mean, yeah, I hope it's the best for you. I, yeah. You certainly had your fun, and I, I am. I, I, I've been there. I didn't cheat on my wife, but you know, okay, I right. still have plenty of fun, right? So, but why, 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 why the? Mm, why would you right. do this? You get everything. You're building a multinational church here in in the United States. Um, perhaps your leadership, as we've come to learn, wasn't the best because <laughs> it turned into a clicky, like showy, like, uh, you know, you're you're holier than thou kind of thing. You had private right, minions right. taking care of your kids and people, you know, basically wiping your ass. And that's and that filtered down to Hillsong Boston, that whole like showy, like who's cool. I remember when I filmed Carl, I said, well, can I can I speak to Carl? I just want to you know, meet the man that I'm filming, and they go, oh, no, no, Carl, no, Carl's not available. Like, what do mean Carl's chambers. not available? He's he, a freaking pastor. He's meditating in the presence of the Lord nonstop. Yeah, he's Meaning on his phone hitting up chicks. Give me right. a break. Right. You know? No, exactly. And, and that's, that's the thing is that I, you asked, why do we do this? And I think the yeah, answer why? is that what's, what, what's human going on nature gravitates towards evil. All of us, mm. you, me, Carl, true. Robbie it's Zacharias. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christ can prevent us. Absolutely. Christ can prevent us and turn us into instruments used for things that by our own nature we could never do. But that requires surrender and obedience. And so what happens, I think, is that we elevate certain people to positions of leadership who have natural great gifting. Carl was yeah, a sure, great. Yeah. He had a lot of attractive elements to his yeah. sermons and to, his, to how he talked about spiritual things. Like, I, I did not in any way dislike Carl. Now, I was suspicious of Carl. I'll be very honest. I, I was very yeah. critical of Carl from the get-go. But I did not condemn him, nor did I find him guilty of anything until he was found guilty of something. I just, mm. something about it didn't feel right. Yeah. With yeah. Robbie, I'll be honest, I was totally deceived. Totally deceived. Yeah. Had no Carl, clue. you could only be like, ah, oh, yeah. But Carl, it didn't even surprise me. Yeah, I was like, like wow, oh, it took yeah. us this long. Robbie, honestly, I, I, I cried. I literally did cry. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's not to say that Carl is any way less loved by God or less worth because of who he was. That's not that's not the truth at all. I think it's just we elevate these people to these positions where they become untouchable. That's they that's become, what I wanted to hear. They have no accountability to us. You can't even talk to the guy that you're filming, for God's sakes. Like, yeah. What's wrong with that? I mean, anyone would be like, hey, going back to the title of the episode, red flag, red that's, that's, a red, that's a red flag you know, right there. That's a red flag he church wanting story. wanting to shake your hand. Those yeah. who are, you know, the least of these. The person who's recording you. You know, 
providing media content to make your wallet explode? Like, come on now. Uh You know, come on now. These kind of things cannot go any further. It is anti-biblical to have these leaders who are unaccountable. You cannot prop up humans, puff up our vanity and our pride, and then hold us hold us unaccountable. Because yep. that, I mean, the, the, the Bible says pride comes before the downfall. That is a principle that is applied to every human being in every age mm-hmm. of every ethnic group, of every nation, quote-unquote, race. I hate that word. This is one biological race. Let's get over that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know how many times we need to relearn this lesson. And I'm going to, I'm saying this, but at the same time, I, I, we need to introspectively always look within and say, okay, how am I in danger of making the same mistakes as people before me have made? That That's a real good thing because you can't control other people. And it makes you, oh. if, especially if you're involved with other people, right. you know, you're part of a, right. a church or you're part of an organization uh, where there was, a, you know, something bad happened or you're in love with somebody who's got a problem, whatever it is, like some other, it's the other. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you, I heard this in a sermon from someone else, like you got to run your race. Like you have to do your thing. You have to create your own well, you gravity. You bear your cross. You bear your cross. So that's what no. Jesus did, literally. And, and uh, Jesus didn't say, oh, Chris, go, uh, Robbie's going to bear your cross and I'm going to bear his cross. Yeah, and no, you, just, I mean, you, you have know, to F around and have that's fun. That's the answer. <laughs> I mean, it's really the thing. It's like you have to create your own gravity around the things that you believe in and try to live as an example to others. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Right. I'm not even close to perfect. That's like a cop out right. statement, too. Like, I know I've done some, I'm not happy about some stuff I've done in my yeah. life. I just, well, you know, I, mean, I, I grew I think up. In a sense, we're, we're, we're primed to recognize the, dichotomy and tension of being Christians in a, mm. in a nation that's increasingly becoming a more secularized post-Christian state. I think the beauty of Western civilization is so many things, um, two of those being freedom of religion, but the free market. But the sad part about that is those things also inoculate a sense of self-absorption over time and generations. And we're at the a crest point. If you had like a graph, think of us being like the pinnacle of our mm. times of, I, I will critique our cause. Someone who loves philosophy, culture, arts, I will critique our culture in America and, and in the greater West right now, but especially our country right now is that we are shot through with self-absorption. Yeah. Everything is I about us. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, it, we are the measure of all things. You know, I mean, we are at a point where we have entire political movements based on subjective perception and feeling that completely disregards any objective truth or facts or data that could absolutely help us. But we put ourselves and our perceptions as the measure of in substitute of objective truth. And now while mm, I think there oh is yeah, a, yeah. while there is a danger in perhaps being too cold with facts and truth and logic and ignoring our feelings and emotions. The opposite, swimming, swinging the pendulum in the opposite direction is equally, if not potentially, vastly more destructive. And I think we are going to start reaping that. I mean, think of the number of suicides that have jumped. Drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Marriages falling apart. Mental health and the collapse of, of mental health. Mm. These are unspoken. There is a dark side to our blossoming culture and society that we often try to ignore and avoid at all costs. I mean, how many people can't stop posting another Instagram post because they need that validation day in, yeah. day out? 
and they can't stop because they know what they do. They're alone with their thoughts for more than two seconds, and they don't like those thoughts. And those thoughts are dark, and they whisper oh, bad yeah, things. Dark. And as you yeah. said, they, you know, you, you mentioned agape love, that love that is a decision that God alone is the embodiment of Sad, that we man. need. You know, we want so many other things, but like a fat boy that loves cake, you know, you don't need that cake. You don't need that cake. No, I, but I we had do it. need that agape love. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking to you, Paul. No, I'm not we, talking to you. But I'm, I'm just saying. I, but I love this light line you said. We live by our own subjective expectations, basically, and perceptions and feelings, and perceptions. To complete, yeah, to the complete disregard um, of objective truth, and, and that's. I mean, I've dangerous. run into that. Uh, I've run into that in a lot of areas. Uh, I've run into that. I mean, I'm one of the things I tell I tell my son is like uh, everybody wants something, and people we'll see what they want to see. So right. like a great communicator will communicate effectively in a way that will help people see the other side or another thing, or, you know, or if you're, you know, marketing, try to see, mm-hmm. see what, what you want them to see or what they might be missing. If it's, you know, uh, like a church or something. Right. right. Um, a lot of people are just great project my, myself. I've done this too. Great projectionists. So you take what you think something should be, Right. And you project it onto somebody or something else and be like, why don't you feel that same way? Well, oh, shit, I'm not you. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't think just like me? <laughs> I'm not the measure of all sentient life and, and consciousness. You what don't have this? my brain? What is this? I I'm not the great brain. I am itself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right. I, I don't know. I'm looking at the notes here. And we kind of like went off on a tangent about like, why people ultimately like why people fall into this trap of supporting and listening to leaders who are like i mean you could go we, we could go episodes and episodes but, and talk about history yeah, and and history. Right, but i think you there's know, but, one biblical example that has to be brought up and it's israel in its infancy when god was supposed to be in essence their leader their uh their compass, their truth. And they elected, they wanted a king. Remember that in the Bible? Mm. They wanted a king. And God says, okay, well, you can have a king if you want a king. That's clearly not better than what my original intent and will for you is. But because of your humans and you're stubborn and (laughs) we are no different. um, (laughs) I want my king. He gives them a a king. And and, and that period of kingship in Israel is never good. Even the good kings do really, yeah. really, really crappy things and things that fall short of the glory of God. And I think it's that, again, there's nothing new under the sun. The wisest man, according to Bible, Solomon, who did many, he has 700 wives, by the way. 700. You were asking, 700. Now, I think there were mostly royal marriages that were, you know, political stuff, and they didn't probably, like, even see each other very often, if ever. But the fact is, he had a lot of women in, women in his life. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Go. 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 Read uh, hmm. chronicles and such, and and there's yeah in the Old Testament. It's, it's interesting. Um. But anyway, even Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he writes, "There's nothing new under the sun," and there's so many of his own vain, uh, cyclical, sin and habitual things he did. He recognizes being just like completely empty of meaning and value. But one thing he said is that uh, there's nothing new under the sun. And so, you know, that that's true. That same dynamic that affected those people back then, I think, affect us now. We want that personality, that that human, um, you know, that archetype. 
And Jordan Peterson would have a lot to say on this. A Christ archetype um, to to look up to. And quite frankly, it, that's, it's in that's our it. nature. But that's I think I think it's a twist and maybe a I don't know. It, it's a it's like a a, a sin mocking that God sized hole in our hearts that wants that. It, it's that God sized hole that we want that thing that only God can live up to. That that expectation that only He can meet. But we look for it and project it onto so yeah. many other things that are absolutely destined to fail us. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you said that you can't see him because he's on video, but he was like, "Damn, I drop on the mic right now." <laughs> Boom. I mean, that's. I can't find the that, mic. I dropped it. I dropped it in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book uh, I mentioned this before called uh, "The Art of Not Giving a Fuck" by Mark <laughs> Melanson, and. What that's and, about? <laughs> and, and, well, it, you know, it's actually about like self-awareness and self-love and self-care. Right, not, right, in a, right. not in a selfish way, but the the art of just like, not like, I don't give a fuck about you. Who are you? I don't care. But like, okay, well, you're going to do your thing. I hope you do good. What, I don't give a fuck about how you think about me. Like, I got to do my thing. Yeah, it kind of yeah. divorces you uh, 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 from running your life in service to others and idols and, 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 and like defining your worth by what someone else does for you or what they represent to you. Cause you're just another human being. Like I know right, Will Smith, right. you're amazing and I love you, but like, you're no better than me. You know what I mean? You're just good at acting. I suck at acting. I can appreciate that, but I, you know, you probably can't edit one of your own movies. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and that and it's so that's was like I don't give like, I don't care about you. It's confidence, right? If you have confidence in in the Lord, uh, and for those of you who are about to tune this out of like I'm tired of this religious crap, like confidence in something bigger than you, it's all the same concept. It's just how you look at it, right? Right. And, and like you basically you're the tree trunk in the ground, and like how you conduct yourself and what you do for you and how you spread love to others and how you right. branch out your tree, then you're less apt to fall into these sinful whirlpools where you're reaching out for something to kind of give you uh, inertia that in the first thing you're going to get is the devil reaching out and going, Hey, I got you. Well, I'll I'll be the first to say that when I, when I am in a season of life where I'm being the best of my ability, faithful, obedient, and open to what God is saying and doing in my life, I have found that when Jesus said he promises to give us life and life abundantly, that my life has been absolutely abundant in so many ways. Mm. And by that, I don't mean Carl Lentz. This is for you, buddy. I don't mean <laughs> that I got a new shirt or that a new pair of you know leather boots came in the mail randomly from some stranger from Papua New Guinea or something like that. That's not mm. what he meant. But the fact that I think when we live a, an abundant life, in Christ, it's always going to be marked by serving. What can we give to others? How can we bless others? How can we get all the things that God has given us to steward them in a way that magnifies him and bears a fruit many times greater than what was given to us, but to his name and his name only, but also it blesses other people. It'll Mm. never be about us, but yet that relationship will be so enriched through it. I, I can't tell you it's hard to explain because God lifts us up when we stop lifting ourselves up. It's a tough thing because like it's you're tough, taught, it, yeah. You have to you have to have self-reliance and self-love and but it's kind of like you're building a vessel in which to then bring goodness to others in the world around you. 
Like, right, it's and you like, do it on and you do it on his terms and not our own. And that's right. why I've seen personally so many success stories. I've I've seen. I remember just so the other day. Here's a good story for you. All right, we have this upstate New York. We have a lot of great snowstorms. It's fantastic. It's really <laughs> crazy. Yeah, and so I'm driving home, and I can go home on either two sides of a river, right? And so I felt like going on a side of the river one day after school that I don't typically go on. It's not. It's not the side that I usually go on. It's a different side of things, you know. And what's a different um, side? Not the and dark it was just side. There, I was just kind of praying a lot throughout, you know, within my head and going out about my day being very conscious of, of God and, and, you know, how to, how to be a great human being for him that day. And I saw a car, <laughs> um, trying to back out of its driveway and all I see are just wheels spinning. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, there is no one around here. That guy will not move. Like he, if I don't stop right now, he will not move. Mm. He, there's no way he will not move. And so I'm, I'm just like, God, th- thank you for putting me in this place. For such a time as this, it's not a big thing. I'm not saving the world. I'm not, you know, being Billy Graham and saving or being the 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 vessel by which millions are hearing the word or anything. Yeah, but that. you don't but know. You don't know that. For this, well, I mean, at, in that moment, I wasn't. Um, yeah. Maybe now, who knows what's happening? But like, I mean, in that second, I was just there for that one person. So I just pulled over, put my four ways on, hopped out of my SUV, which had brand new winter tires that cost over about twelve hundred dollars. So I was good to go. Mm. Um, <laughs> nice. And I was like, he's in this car. I wonder, like, who is this guy? Who is this person on my property right now? I'm like, hey, just back up. I'll push, baby. <laughs> and I literally said that. I said, I'll push, baby. And um, out. he hit the, the reverse, and I pushed as hard as I could. His car went back. I you know, wasn't stuck anymore. I fell face first on the slush. Huh. Great times all around. Um, honestly, it was kind of funny, though. Like, you just don't care. It's like, you know, life's too, too good, too out. vibrant to worry about. Absolutely. And again, See? is it the biggest deal in the world? You don't no, know. But the, you don't know what that guy was going I, to do. He could have been a doctor. He could have been someone picking up his kid. He could have been. A, you don't know. He could have well, whatever he that person was going to do. He could have been getting a sandwich. I don't know. Right, and in that moment, <laughs> but, to me, it, 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 it could have yeah, exactly could have been anything on that spectrum, but uh, most likely the the latter. Uh, but um, <laughs> it was just the you fact that it's it's those interactions when God uses you to do something for someone. That only he could do, like only he could have done that for that person. Because mm-hmm. when when, we, when you have a God story, I feel like when we are truly in alignment with the Holy Spirit, we'll realize the story is never about us. It's about the other person, and it's about him, and that is it. And That's when we're title. in right alignment with the Holy Spirit, you know what? That's all that matters is the other person, and him, and not us. And the more we get out of the state of it being about us, the more we'll be able to start building each other up and building a truly better society. Uh, and, and I'm encouraged by that. And so, yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of circles, that does, it circles around. I retitled the episode, The Story is Never About Us. Because, you know, one of the questions I was at, it was going to be failed ministries, but it's really not about that. It's bigger than that. Because, like, right. the reason these things failed, one of the reasons why these things failed, why Carl failed, why Ravi failed was they kind of turned everything about themselves. You know, sexual predatory, predatory sexual uh, conduct yeah. of the kind that is like rape and things like that. Right, um, right. That's not what Carl did, but it tends to be more about power than right, sex. Right. Uh, people cheat on their spouses, not usually. I mean, there's always because they need sex. 
uh, but usually because they're upset about what's happening, not in the bedroom, it's everything else. There's something right, missing, right. companionship, right, whatever. Right. I mean, there's a whole other episode. So right. it's usually an emotional reason. It's emotional. People are emotional, social beings. Um, so everything was kind of made, uh, you know, and these guys, they, they are, they're making it about them. The, the, the irony is that they were supposed to be close to God. Who's, who who can bless you eternally and kind of kind of show you the true north, and right, they right. failed because of their own failings, which we all have, um, but just just went in the opposite direction while they're supposed to be leading people. Right. So, right. I mean, if I said anything, it's like look at your pastors, your leaders, and you know, and 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 remember, you're following God. If you're Christian, you're following Jesus. You're not following the pastor supposed to lead you to them, not be them. So right, right. just well look well everything with the with the skeptic's eye, and not necessarily even yeah. that. Like I don't trust you. Just just keep it in perspective. This is a be human sober being. and alert. Exactly, yes. sober and alert. And 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 don't get shit faced before you go to church. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, <laughs> be like, sober and alert, and never fail. To also look within and realize that whatever someone else has done to hurt, to destroy, to uh, to ruin or break, we are also capable of. And don't let pride take root in our hearts. That's got to be key. That's my biggest warning is because, you know, if we let pride take control of our hearts, let me be the first one to say that the damage we can do can one-up the person that we're talking about. And so um, mm. let's let's be awesome, obedient, submissive vessels of Christ so that we can bring healing, restoration, and light, his light, into a world that is broken, fractured, and desperately needing all of that. And so it's possible. We can do it because he is faithful, not us. Um, But let's take 10 minutes and end this on a brighter note, bud. Let's talk about the GOAT Tom Brady. Let's just talk about it for a little bit. I, I just... You know, I, I've been wanting to talk about it with anyone who uh, I don't necessarily say you disagree with him being the GOAT. Um, you've been a Patriot fan for many years. You're from New England. You're Boston born and bred. You are as Boston as they get. In fact, you are more Boston than Boston itself. Um, that's right, buddy. That's right. Yeah, kid. Um, <laughs> kid, I'm talking. I'm, ta- I'm talking. Kid, cool, bro. But, but to me, this was the exclamation point, the period, the period. It would, it was, it was a period on a sentence. It was was just the icing on the cake. (laughs) This road that our boy, whom I love for so many reasons, but mostly because he is a Michigan Wolverine. um, Mm, That's true. That's true. Yes. uh, the, The road he had to take as a team, as a wild card team that had to play a red hot, Maybe not a red hot. That's going to push some people wrong. But a Washington red uh, football team, Washington football team team that played football. They, they were playing whatever you want to call them. They were playing pretty good football at that point. They were they were rounding oh, out yes. and getting to in shape. Yes, yes, yes. They beat them right after Chase Young, who was an Ohio State Buckeye. You know, started running around the field saying he wanted Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> he, in fact, narrator says did not want Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> And so then they play the Saints, 
a team led by Drew Brees, who's a legend in his own right. Would you not say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a legend. No, I, mean, in his I can't own do what right. he does. <laughs> a team that swept the Buccaneers in the swept season, them. the regular season. Yeah. The first game was, I think they won like thirty-five to twenty-four. I don't, I don't remember the exact score, but it was something like that. You know, it was more than a one-possession game, but it wasn't a blowout by any means. And then the, the, the game after, which was played in Tampa Bay. The, the the Saints won like thirty eight to three or something crazy like that. I mm-hmm. mean, it wasn't even a game. Like like Everett High School could have played the, the Saints better. Uh, not really, but close. Had a bad probably. day. Had a bad day. And so then they play in this matchup, and and, and the everyone's proje- you know projecting the uh, the Saints to win a third game and to really just be the trifecta of of Brady's and you know his demise. And yeah, I didn't that see doesn't that. happen. Not this day. Oh, not no. today, Satan. Um. Drew Brees and cast falls to a mighty assault of the Buccaneer empire and the Buccaneers win 30 to 20. And people are like, yeah, that's amazing. Tom Brady is fantastic. So is the team. Obviously his team is amazing. They're all great. They're playing together. They're playing at such a high level, but surely Tom Brady cannot go into green Bay into the frozen tundra and take out the Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers, who in a, is another legend. Mm-hmm. Would you not agree? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Is Again, I can't do what that guy does. Football I can eat a lot of legend. cheese in Green Bay, though. I love, no, they're I cheese. Love I'm not a big fan of the cheese. Yeah. Midwestern no? cheese. It has its ups. It has it's its the ups. Curds, man. Cheese. I don't know. I'm I had a, a great time with a girl from Wisconsin, so I made me think really good about Wisconsin. Hey, well, shout out to cheese. that girl from Wisconsin. That girl from Wisconsin. This episode is. Maybe not shout out to you, but hey, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about you, cheese. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, let me me talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong. So this game starts Uh, right, and I actually don't even get to watch this game. And I'm thinking, you know, this game could go either way. I I don't know, but people were also, you know, Aaron Rodgers got this. Tom Brady, the magic has run out. Tom Brady, Buccaneers, game's over. Cash out. You're done. Bunch of idiots. You'll never get to another Super Bowl. It's it's done. A bunch of idiots. The this answer. is Tom Brady, and the goat does it again. Tom he brings motherfucking and rallies. Brady. Now he didn't play a perfect game. Don't get me wrong. People, hey, Tom Brady threw a couple picks. He's not well, he's not Brady. Jesus. Yeah, well, so did so did Aaron Rodgers. He threw a couple picks. Come on. Don't give me that. Okay, when 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 quarterbacks are playing in games against elite competition, guess what? They're not going to play perfect games. Okay, right. not everyone is Patrick Mahomes. Um, we <laughs> I like Mahomes. Games. We will get to in a second. I like, I that like guy him. Too. I, I like, like that him. Guy. I did too. I didn't yeah. say anything bad about Holmes. I'm just saying. Yeah. And so the, the Buccaneers beat the Packers when they go to another Super Bowl. And, and people are like, wow, this is truly magical. This Tom Brady guy, he is something. But he's probably not going to win the big game. And and Mahomes beat him mm. in the regular. So the magic part, the magical part of this, brother, mm. is that up until this point, the Buccaneers have been a solid team, but they weren't elite by any means throughout the season. Right. They had really good games, but then they'd come out weeks, you know, a week after. They really just kind of crapped the bed. Um, and the game, but the, the last game they had lost up to that point was against the Kansas City Chiefs in Tampa Bay. So let me set the stage for you here, bud. Let me set the stage for it. We have a rematch of the architect of our most recent NFL dynasty, Tom Brady, a quarterback mm-hmm. who has been to more Super Bowls than half the franchise in the league have ever been to, right? If not more. Like, like, yeah, like stunning. Nobody. Right. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And now we have this young gun, this young buck, Patrick Mahomes, 
who is truly spectacular. He, he is. is. A, so he's an awesome person. First of all, I think he's, yep. a, I'm not, I will not be Robbie duped ever again. So I'm not going to say he is an awesome person. I'm going to say, I believe he appears from the to be evidence. Yes. He yes. appears to be uh, Robbie duped. <laughs> yeah. I could be a now. fucking Robbie. asshole, but yeah. <laughs> and maybe Holmes is. I, I don't know. I don't know I, I don't but he have... appears to be. That's fair. I, I, the to evidence be... seems to suggest he is not that. He appears per to be se. a great guy um, and a great you know, player, of course. Mahomes, I don't know if you ever will listen to this, but if you do, congratulations on your beautiful new uh newborn girl. That is amazing. What mm. a blessing. Uh what a great season of life ahead of you. Um beyond many more great seasons of the NFL. But so we have the stage set where this new potential dynastic being in the making who is a defending Super Bowl champ at this point. Let's That's not right. forget that. He, they, yeah. they won the Super Bowl the year before. They did. Is now pitted against a, in a rematch in the same venue mm-hmm. against Tom Brady, who it seems like, oh, honestly, a lot of his legacy was on the line in this game. It really felt that way, that had he not won this game, People would have been saying, you know, Tom Brady's definitely very good, and he's won more Super Bowls than anyone else. But his is time is really over. Like this is it. Like, is he the yeah, best? Is he really the best? Yeah, Maybe he's the fucking best. He is the goat. I'm sorry, but not only. And, and so <laughs> let's just <laughs> I, cut to the chase. Not only did the Buccaneers win, but they won convincingly. I oh, mean, yeah. they were on. Yeah, and I think about it, and as someone who has played football and coached football. You know, those Buccaneers, they must have been thinking before that game, we are ready for war because we cannot lose this game. If we lose a Super Bowl at home in this stadium that we call home, the bad. first team to ever play us have a host of Super Bowl in their home stadium, ever. Be pretty bad. If we're the team that loses, we will never be able to look at ourselves in this field ever again. Our organization will be stained, cursed even, maligned, mm. scarred. And so they met the call. They met the call of the day and trounced the seemingly indomitable Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9, solidified a legacy. Killed them. Killed them. Mahomes, you may be the greatest of all time, not the greatest of all time. You may be the greatest quarterback in in an era in the future. But because of that head-to-head loss, you will never be the greatest of all time. And I'm I'm sorry to say it. You know it's true, though. You said it's Tom Brady. Everyone knows it. Tom Brady knows it. Bill Belichick knows it. Even the most ardent Tom Brady haters will begrudgingly admit it. Like, like out of all all modern athletic sports. Well, I, I will. Okay, I will say. I think the greatest athlete of all time is another. Michigan Wolverine. Mm. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Absolutely. The yep, swimmer, by the way. Yeah. Because I think he, he he's won, I, I forget, either 23 or 28 gold medals, world medals. He's competing yeah, okay. against every athlete. I mean, the thing is, he was good at everything. All kinds of. Speed. I hear Backstroke, Phelps, Brady, and uh, Tiger Woods, but Tiger Woods keeps crashing cars, so I don't know. Tiger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tiger, Tiger's a a mixed legacy, I'd say. But um, yeah. Serena Williams is up there. You know, let's shout out our woman. But but they're, they're like the elite of the elite yeah, of the elite. Absolutely, and absolutely. Here's the thing that separates Brady from those other three people: 
is that it's a team sport and Brady is the leader. Right. There's no way right. he could have won right. that game without all of those other people getting on the same page and singing to the same tune. Tom Absolutely. is a leader. He has intangibles that are beyond elite. Beyond his athleticism, he's not the most athletic dude in the world. No, and he never has been. That's but the thing. He's he never brilliant. has been. He's it's a not brilliant like he was leader. Russell Wilson at one point and has lost that mobility. He's never had it. Right. He's never had it. He's got something else that's bigger than anything. And quite like, frankly, let's be real. Just to backtrack to the people who thought that Tom Brady couldn't go into the frozen tundra and beat the Packers. Did you forget the dude was the the, the tip of the spear for the New England Patriots for two decades? Man. I mean, come on. Come on. Tundra. He is the tundra. <laughs> Tom Brady is Get a clutch player. That's that. the thing. He he yeah. is like me. Yeah. Yeah. I push everything to the absolute limit on time. Like I'm the world. I'm going to be editing all night long tonight. I'm the world's worst. I just, but that's where I do my best work. I do my best work when I'm yeah. up against the wall. Tom right, does his right. best when he's pushed up against the wall and he's being right. choked out. And they're like, right. you're never going to make it past this step. And he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me yep, show yep. you. That's the perfect way to say it. And now, so yep. it will be interesting to see how he handles this upcoming season when all the accolades and laurels are heaped on him and thrown on him unanimously by by friend and conquered alike. Yeah, he, he likes you know? it, but he doesn't he doesn't live by that. No. He's gonna no. need something to challenge him, motivate. He's gonna need like a Nick Wright or a Shannon Sharp to be like, Yeah, Tom Brady sucks. Oh, I think like, there'll, be plenty, there'll be plenty of people that'll be like, Come on, dude, you're 40 for what is he gonna be? 45? Uh, he's no, he's like 43, 45. Yeah, no, 43, 40, 44, 43 right now. So I yeah. think he's gonna be 44 by the start of next season. Um, I mean, it's stunning. The guy's only a few years younger than me, and he's still playing world class ball. It's like, how he literally looks better now than he looked when he first entered the league. He does, yeah. If you look at old now. pictures of him, he, he did not look anything stunning back then. I'll be honest, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's Tom Brady. Yeah, he, like, you he know looked what? that bad when he came from Michigan. Really, wow, maybe okay. there's something to this whole alkaline diet thing that's legit. He goes oh, to he absolutely. does that no, and he no, goes I, to I, sleep I, at yeah. like 7 p.m. every night and yes. Like he's reverse that, that's absolutely, aging. It's it's just a matter of what you how you care for your body. If you care for your body in the most elite way, well, yeah, it's gonna yield some elite wow. I mean it's results, stunning. you know. We have a Tom Brady 12 uh, store in Boston. I should just go and start up loading up yeah, on is it in supplements. Back Bay or something like that. I forget yeah. where is it. TB12. I've actually I've been there before. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still very, there. Very, very aesthetic looking, and I know yeah. that. Um, I think his picture is in the front desk. Kind of nice. Mm. Uh, so is he a go? So, uh, I mean, come on. But it, I mean, he's proof yeah. that it's not just physical ability. It's the whole package. It's the mental ability. It's the uh, willingness to never give up, to perform under pressure, to work as a right. team, to spread right. the love. Like he's kind of like the example of all, all these people, you know, we're talking about like someone that has managed to pull his life together. And of course we don't want to idolize anybody. So, but he's, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'd be brutally shocked if you get Giselle at home and, and you go cheat on Giselle. I just, I don't see it. This guy's, put it all together from someone that has been repeatedly told over and over and over and over and over again, his entire life. Yeah. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're just no. I mean, you're all right. You're like, no, you're never going to continue. You know, but he still has relationship issues. I mean, him and, uh, well, almost worse. Over they did. Stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
And so it's not all that. peachy roses clean, but at the same time, he's not saying it is. So you can't, you can't. He keeps you know, it real, man. It. Tom he keeps does, it real. Yeah. I gotta find and, some. And so I know I, someone that knows. I don't think he's gonna rob you, us. I don't think he will. I don't think so. I'd like to no. find out how he really is. I I have a connection. It's a loose connection, but the head of security at Kraft, uh, I uh-huh. did film. He was in one of my films, okay. and uh, I could at least get him to take a call. And I just got to ask him, like, is Tom really, like, how he seems? Like, give me an answer. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, and I met Bob Kraft. Is met it, him, met him briefly. I don't know if it's he, like, walked past me. But, like. Wouldn't it be cool to get him on the pod? I mean, all business. This is the life lesson I'm going to give to everybody on the show right now, whoever listened to this. All success in life comes from how you establish relationships with other people and how you treat them. It is everything. It is yeah. literally everything. Who you know and how you know them in a genuine, authentic way. Not in the L.A. way. We're like, oh, great. Yeah. What project are you working on? Oh, you're doing that Kevin Smith movie again? Okay. No, like real <laughs> legit. Real legit. Nothing against Kevin Smith, but he's, he seems to be repeating his career over and over again. Um, right. Where I thought he was going to be like magnificent. So it... Treat people as you want to be treated. I mean, Jesus said it. He said it. Bring it back to Jesus. Always comes back to Jesus. And I love this about the Bible because I didn't know any of this. He's like, Jesus, well, you're dying. Like, you're leaving us. What are we, what are we going to remember? There's all these things and the book and like what? And he's like, look, just believe in me and love me, God, right? And um, treat each other as you want to be treated. And from that, all things will flow. You'll figure it out. And that's it. That's it. Tom made amazing relationships with his dad and all these other people that helped train him and build him up. And then he made amazing relationships with all his players, helped train them and build them up. And, uh, of course, his coaches and so forth and so on. Um, When people, and I think he's a, Tom is the definition of a team player and a team leader. Football is a team sport. That's why football, American football, for all you people that are like not from the United States, like why the, why do you people care? Because it's like brutal physicality and like chess. It's yeah, a beautiful marriage. Beautiful them. marriage, which I didn't get when I played football, by the way. I was all about the brutal physicality, and I never followed the plays right. <laughs> so I was really bad. I'd be tackling my own team members and ineligible receiver downfield. That was horrible. But I was really powerful. I, you know, I was really strong. Yeah. But that's what it is. So it's like magnificent because it's such a team sport and there's so much involved that Tom Brady is the GOAT not only because he can throw a good pass. That's not really what makes Tom great. What makes Tom great is that he can get all the pieces lined up to affect that pass, to be protected, to make that pass, to have that person catch that pass under any pressure. He treats people like he wants to be treated. He has to, otherwise he wouldn't be successful. He's the greatest of all time in football, but he's one of the greatest of all time, period. And if you look at team sports and what he's able to accomplish with teams and people together, he is probably the greatest, period. And I think anyone who's played with him, whether on the Patriots or this past year, you know, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would say exactly what you just said. Yep. And that, my friend, is a good, good legacy. That's a good legacy. He's going to get a special seat up there. 
You know, and I think he's got he's got a career of career of careers. He'll be t- helping people through when he's ninety years old. I absolutely hope he coaches uh, Michigan someday or coach? something like that. We'll okay. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Come on, he's gonna be running the NFL. Let's get Goodell out of there. um but uh wow what an episode to have chris back we talked about all kinds of stuff and we we kind of touched the subjects and then go deep into them um like i have them all here all the stuff we talked about i listed it as we were talking um so so please failings yeah (laughs) but let us know what you yeah. want to hear talk what, what to you us. want to hear about what you want us to talk about come join the conversation that'd be even better um and let's do this more often again paul let's do this you know at least a couple times a month um, yeah we're gonna try to do we're gonna try to get chris on a couple times a month we have chris has people i, I, I think so. i think we should do once every two weeks i think that's reasonable you down for that i could do that i can definitely do uh, that let's do I'm that busier than fuck but i will make time you're busy we have let's to make time the people need us no you need and, me, and we need you? the people the people, we, need I mean, people. we need the people. People need us. And I have so a science. I, we're gonna have a science episode coming up. I know a world-renowned epidemiologist. Uh, she studies uh, like uh, how um, mothers pass on things to their children and pregnancy. But we talked about science for a while. Like world-renowned works for Harvard the whole bit. And I was like, we need to like explain to people how science works because yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't understand how like studies work and journals and peer review and like. Let's simplify it for an idiot because that's what I am. Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, all right. So we'll get her on the show, talk about science. Um, what, what do you have people – I want to talk about camera stuff. I haven't done that in a long time. I got a new camera. What do you have well, – I, I, I like – well, I have um, – History, right? Some friends, some history. I would like to bring in one of my, uh, one of my peers, one of my mentors, I'd say. He's definitely my superior. He's someone mm. I've learned from, uh, holding the highest esteem. Um. And I'm going to bring it back to you, Phil Shaw. You know, uh, we need to get you on this podcast. He 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 does the Missing Chapter podcast. We've seen that. Okay, yeah, let's get him on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we could talk history. We could talk culture, sports. He's a Christian. He's a great man. He's a great father. Um, the wealth of of wisdom and just awesome stories we could hear from him is limitless. And so I will. I, I want to get him on here, and we'll start having great profound conversations yeah. that was our, our goal from the we get-go get people and, on. yeah let's and, do uh, that. So i'm gonna work on getting tom brady on i know enough people i just want to shout out for him. i know we one should... person that is close is connected enough he might laugh me out of the room <laughs> he might go i mean i know this guy too he'd be like yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but i'll try and uh, we're great for getting Tom Brady on. You know, at the same time, you gotta. You think Tom Brady knew he was gonna play in ten Super Bowls when he first got drafted no. in the sixth round? I mean, like, you know, this is why we do it is because we well, never, you, we just never know what God's gonna do, what doors he's gonna open up. You, and you how never we know. Can, right, you never right, know. Right, right. And exactly. I used to do another podcast, uh, the Neat Creative Podcast. Now it's the Go Creative Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how I got these famous people on? Like these were like, like. Oscar-winning cinematographers and people that I got the guy that got chewed out by Christian Bale on set. <laughs> I didn't get him on for that reason. Obviously, he's a he's a right. Shane Herbert, uh, a great uh, great cinematographer. But you know, how I got these people on. I asked them. That was it. I would yes. send them an email or send their agent an email, and I just ask. And most of the well, time, and you tell like, people, yeah. like, hey, like we want you on because you have something to offer. The yeah. 
the world. You know, you have something to offer people and us, and we want to showcase you. We want to showcase you. That's what. That's what. And we don't have money for it. We don't make money doing this either. So sometimes it's just altruistic, and a lot of people will help. So we're gonna see what big names. We're gonna get some big people. I want Charlie Baker on here to talk about the closings. And maybe at some point we'll monetize this baby. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm not opposed to it. At the same time, you know, we want to help you all. Get the most out of life and be as authentic about things as possible. And I love the fact that Chris is so different from me, yet we're so similar. It's great because it's two totally different views. Yeah. And it, it if you have good. any comments, please uh, write us. Uh, you can just go to anticipatemedia.com and hit the contact button, or uh, that's the lazy way, or just write Paul at anticipatemedia.com and uh, it will get to Chris because I'll share everything with him. And uh, and you can find Chris on if you know him on Instagram and, and, and anticipate underscore media on Instagram. Don't really have an Instagram following, but I'm there. And um, yeah, just keep it real. And we will remove names to protect the innocent. And we'll see you hopefully, Chris, in two weeks and not not ten months. No, we'll do it. We'll do it two weeks. Let's do this. I, I had a great time. Enjoy. Enjoy being back. You, um, you promised me now it's going to be two weeks and not. Let's not 10 make this bigger and better than it ever has been. Yeah. Okay. All right. right this was uh, On the Shores, <laughs> Episode 7, I think. The story is never about us or Tom Brady. That's the title. <laughs> now I'm going to hit stop Perfect. so I can talk to Chris about things you guys can't hear about. We love you all. 